great to see you all here. As Debbie said, well done. Hi, Joe. Special shout out. Great to see you all here. Well done for getting through all the barriers today. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dillis. I'm part of the leadership team here. Rob's my husband. He's away swanning it around Rome this morning. He keeps ringing me on FaceTime from gelato shops just to make it that little bit more difficult to be here. No, it's lovely to be here. We're having a great weekend, aren't we, kids? Yes. Um, but yes, there's been constant shots of gelato, and they're all having a lovely time, just to report back to you, a really, really lovely time. Um, so I'm going to be continuing on our series, which we started last week, which we've named Beloved, Be Loved, Be Love. It's broken down into those three sections, two weeks for each section, and this is the second talk on the beloved or being beloved. And our hope in this series is really for a consolidation of our beliefs, of our faith. And our prayer is really that the Holy Spirit will really lead us into this kind of solid and steady place of knowing and understanding and experiencing God's love. And that out of that, we can really become a courageous group of disciples who live every day from that place. That's what we really want, that we would live loved. And that living loved would really translate into a transformed life for us. And that that life would be something that would impact us and, of course, impact those around us, the world around us, and those in our lives. And last week, Rob reminded us that our story with God is never really about rules, but it's always, always about relationship. God loved us first. He loved us before we even knew it. We are his, and he sees us as beloved. And we've used that word a lot this morning. Beloved, which just is defined as much loved. We are much loved by God. And not only that, but the relationship that he wants to have with us is that of a child to a parent. It's a parent-child relationship that God wants with us. 1 John 3, 1-2 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we shall be called the children of God. How great is the love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. And it's that relationship with God as Father, as our Heavenly Father that we wanna focus on today and what it really means for us to live, live life out as a child of God. And the fatherhood of God, it's seen throughout the Bible. Um, calling God Father, it has been a kind of a recurring depiction um, of the relationship between the Creator and His people all the way through the Bible. In Deuteronomy 32.6, it says, Is this the way you repay the Lord, O foolish people? Is He not your Father, your Creator, who made you and formed you? Isaiah 64.8 says, Yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. And God, if you've read any of the Old Testament, you will know that he is also portrayed as the long-suffering father of the nation of Israel. 
They continuously rebel against him, but he faithfully and justfully and justly pursues them because God is never, ever about retaliation. He is always about rescue. He is never about rules. He is always about relationship. And Jesus then comes and this beautiful Messiah brings a whole new, fresh revelation of who God the Father is and of how we become a child of God. All people are viewed as belonging to God. He is the creator of the human family. Humanity was fashioned in his likeness and he is Lord over all. And Paul in Acts 2, 17, 26 to 28 speaks to that and he says, from one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. And as some have said, we are his offspring. So we are all potentially God's children. It is his hope that we would seek him and that we would find him. But the richest and the fullest sense of being a child of God is the redemptive sense. That we would be born again into his family, not just offspring of God, of God by creation, but sons and daughters of God through spiritual rebirth and through our faith in Jesus. John 1:12 says, yet to all who believed, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision, but born of God. And these beautiful words in Titus 3, God saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by his Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. It's through this symbolic new birth and in our belief in Christ as Savior that we are adopted into this beautiful spiritual family of God. And we get to live every single day as his precious child. The Bible tells us that we have become heirs alongside Jesus. We are heirs having hope of eternal life. And in Christ, God sees us as he sees Jesus. His sacrifice on the cross brought us into that relationship with God. There's no striving. There's no having to measure up. Justified by our faith in Jesus, we are unconditionally loved by God. God looks at us like he looked at Jesus, his son. And he says, these are my children in whom I am well pleased. 
think you just need a moment to let that sink in. I know I did during the week as I was preparing. Just to be reminded again that Jesus looks at us as at his children like he looks at Jesus and he is well pleased. Because in our earthly relationships, we can push into that place of wanting to please or wanting to do something, to be something for our parents. That's not the way it is with God. We simply come to him through Jesus and he looks at us with those loving eyes. And how did Jesus respond to that love? Well, he fully surrendered. He trusted he spent time daily with his father. He listened to him. And he spent his time on this earth being a reflection, the very reflection of who God is, who his father is. It says in the Bible, he only did what he saw his father doing. So how are we going to live our lives as children of God? How are we going to live out our daily lives? How are we going to live loved now, when my kids are a little bit grumpy or a little bit bemoaning of all that they don't have or all that they aren't allowed have, I have to be honest, I usually probably go into some rant about giving them perspective and reminding them how privileged that they are. You know, they live in a lovely part of the city. They go to good schools. They have good friends. They have an amazing family who loves them and cares for them. They're safe. And I guess I was challenged this week and I came across an article by Tim Keller called The Seven Privileges of Being a Child of God. So the next time I go on a rant, <laughs> I guess that's the first privilege I'll remind them of. They're children of God, first and foremost. But these seven privileges that Keller talks about are really helpful, I guess, in framing what we live out of as God's children. They are security, authority, intimacy, assurance, inheritance, discipline, and family likeness. Security. We all want security. We all want to be safe. And we are so secure in the love of God. We are safe in this child-parent relationship with him and nothing we can do will ever change his love for us. Authority. As children of God, there is almost a new status placed upon us. We get to walk through this world every day with an authority over sin and over evil. And that's something that as you grow in your faith, you really need to learn that you have and need to step out in. And I think authority is one of the beautiful privileges that we have of being a child of God that also keeps us secure and safe. Intimacy. We get to call the God of the universe dad, essentially. We can be confident and affectionate in our approach to him. There's nothing that we hide from him. He sees it all. I know that sometimes we think we do hide the stuff that we want to hide from him, but no. He sees it all. He sees the sin. He sees the anxious thoughts. He sees our sadness. He sees our joys. And he is closer to us than our breath. 
And I think I, I, think I like that one the best. <laughs> it, it gives me that image of just crawling up on a, a parent or a grandparent's knee and just being in that place of special intimacy, someone that knows you just so well and loves you so deeply. Assurance. As children of God, the Holy Spirit indwells us. There is a guide within us that gives us this inner assurance that we belong to God, that none of these privileges can ever be taken from us, that we can never be separated from him. We are assured by the Holy Spirit when we are a child of God. Inheritance. As I said already, we are heirs. We are heirs to the kingdom of God. And there's such, such a glorious future ahead for us, but it starts now. We get to live with peace and hope and joy in this life with the knowledge that we will one day be in glory with our Father forever. And we have the privilege of being disciplined by our Heavenly Father. And sometimes this is a painful privilege but it's a well-known fact that all children, they thrive and they flourish with boundaries. And our Heavenly Father is a good Father who lovingly disciplines us as his children. And if we can learn to recognize and to embrace when he disciplines us in our lives, this, it's such a precious perspective and a precious truth to live under. God's boundaries and discipline give our lives a purpose that emboldens us to, to learn as we live. And lastly then is family likeness. As we grow up, as we grow in our faith, we become more like him. We hopefully begin to be more of our reflection like Jesus was. And though we are adopted, God puts his nature in us. The more we live as children of God, the more we resemble who he is. And so as I said at the beginning, we really, we really, really want this series to be a time of consolidation, a time of knowing, understanding, and experiencing, very much experiencing God's love. We want this to be a time when, as a church, we really go deeper in our experience of God's love for us, and that that will feed into living loved. And about five or six years ago, at a prayer evening um, at a family week in Avoca, uh, I was given this little letter, which is described as a love letter from God to his children. It is full of biblical truth, and as I read it, I was really drawn closer in a new way to my Heavenly Father. Some of you may have seen this letter before, um, but these words, they anchored me to a place that I consistently come back to when life gets shaky or when I need a reminder. These words, they pull me back into that knowing, understanding, and experience of being a child of God. And I'd really like to finish 
by reading this over us today. But I do have one for everyone in the audience. Isn't that fabulous? So I've asked the kids if they would maybe come and be our little postmen this morning. You guys, if you want to come up and take these and give them out to everybody, please. There'll probably be some left over. That's no problem. If you want to hand them out, just take a chunk and go around as quick as you can and hand them out. So I encourage you to keep this safe. It's really blessed me over the years. The words in it are just so true. And I just pray over this, these words now that this will be the beginning of something new for you and this will be that consolidation that we're hoping and praying for. So if the band just want to play a little and I'm, I'm just going to read this over us. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You are not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts towards you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I'm able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager, I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, <laughs> one day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes. 
and I'll take away all the pain you've suffered on this earth. I am your father. And I love you even as I love my son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you. And to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love from your dad, almighty God. Father, I just pray your blessing on each one of those letters. And I pray, Father, as as we get to read those words now and again, maybe daily, whenever we need them, I pray, Father, by your Spirit, you would deposit that truth deep within our hearts. Father, I pray for a fresh knowing, understanding, and a deeper experience of our love, of your love for us, God. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us and all that you are to us. Amen.